Welcome back. Welcome back. And Happy New Year. Yes. I mean, by the time you will hear this, it will already be February, but <laughs> Happy New Year anyway. How are you? I, well, I'm still getting over a cold. Let me be honest. Okay. I'm good, but I'm getting over a cold, but I'm excited that it's 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good year. Good, it, good number together. So far. Right. So far, it's been a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I done this year? Well, Mark and I over, I guess it was considered a Christmas break. We went to the National Justice and Peace Memorial in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Some other people may inappropriately call it as the Lynchy Museum. It is not that. It is the National Justice and Peace Memorial. Just to let y'all know. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, hosted by the Equal Justice Initiative. And no, this is not a commercial for them. But it was an amazing experience to be taken through history about the reality of white terrorism in this country. Yeah. The reality of white supremacy. And then the resilience of black people. So, like, that's literally how we started mm. 2020. And we were like, yeah, this is going to be a powerful year. It's a happy revolution year. That's dope. And actually, it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I heard about that museum while I was in South Africa. (gasps) You were in South Africa? I was in South Africa. I brought in the new year in South Africa, which is kind of dope, actually. When I think about it. Yes. Yeah. So I went on a kind of a study tour with um, a group of people some pastors, deacons, activists, and spouses of pastors. (laughs) And we took a tour around South Africa, both in the north and in the west, in Joburg and the surrounding areas and in Cape Town, and visited some museums and had conversations around truth and reconciliation, as well as like, we talked about what's happening now in South Africa and some of the Um, the issues that they're still dealing with, with reparations, with land ownership, and just the effects of apartheid and how it has really (laughs) fucked some shit up. Let's just say that, you know? That's honest. Yeah, right? And so I think it's a really beautiful thing and an important thing, especially for Americans, and I will say Black Americans, to take a trip to South Africa. Because there's some parallels there. And I think as you were speaking about like the resilience of black people, you see that everywhere. I mean, you do see, you also see the effects, you see the poverty and that's not everywhere. So I don't want to like paint a picture because I hate when people do that. (laughs) Um, But you do see like the effects of what happened after being segregated, after taking land from people, after stripping them or trying to strip people of their heritage and of their of who they are, but not really fully being able to, right? Because people still have who they are and it's prevalent in the language that people speak um, and the way that they care for each other and talk about what has happened. And one thing that I really, really, really wish that we could learn from our neighbors across the ocean is to tell the truth, Mm. right? So you can't, I mean, there are obviously multiple truths, to each scenario and there were people speaking all of those truths like in their own from their own lens from their own perspective whether they live um, in a township or outside of it whether they have seen progression or whether they 
feel like things are not any better or they're worse or they're not getting help. It's all of those things that that you hear about when you're traveling through, if you are listening and if it's invited, right, for people to speak. But I will say, like, every, mostly every person we encountered spoke the truth about apartheid, about what has happened, what is happening, what the issues are, what the hope is, what the growth is, what the growth is not. I mean, there's no denying the atrocities of apartheid. I mean, the fact that we just now have a a museum, a memorial, right? Yes. In Alabama mm-hmm. that finally speaks the truth mm-hmm. to the segregated South and to the atrocities of, of that, mm-hmm. right? And before that um, is mind-boggling, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, we just now have started to acknowledge those things. In 2019. Correct. How many years has it been? And we're finally... And you know what's interesting? Not right. that I want to jump to be all political. I mean, but it's fine. No, but I just think that as hard as the last four years with this current president has been, yeah. at the same time, I feel like so much truth has actually been shared. It's fair. About, like... Yeah, how we haven't grown. Yeah. Um, how people are still very racist. Yep. How, um, and, you know, we have a president that fully embodies the reality of racism in this country. Right. Uh, and you're right. Yeah, truth still needs to be told. Yeah. Um, and it's also interesting that we're having this um, conversation in the midst of Black History Month. Yeah. Uh, the one month in America for black people, even though it should be 365 days. Wait. I'm black, it is. Um, so. How do you feel about it, friend? I feel like there were feelings behind that, behind that statement. Yeah, no, like, that's real though, right? And we, I think when it comes down to telling the truth, right now in our, especially in our country, like, truth is so hard to come by though. Like, I feel like there's, <laughs> there's like, stories being told and like you can get all kinds of information everywhere but it's sometimes hard to comb through what parts of that is actually true and what part of that is like people trying to to tell stories so that their truth is what is true am I making sense oh so they like control the narrative yeah Mm. I want to know yeah what was the most or like the truth that you heard in South Africa that deeply resonated with you Mm. Something that someone said that you're like, yep, there it is. Oh, there's so many. Or if it's more than one. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to. So one of the things that I came to understand was that this was. So I've been to South Africa two other times. So this is my third time there. And I feel like this was the first time I actually saw South Africa, though. Like I actually was there. Um, and present and learning and and seeing people as who they are, right? And really like being open to hearing what other people are saying. <laughs> um, because the first time I went, right, I went with all my own stuff. And as a Black American, I'm going to another country that I know has a similar like story, not the same. I knew that. But the colorism, the different like understandings of like you're either black you're colored you're white you're asian you're indian you have these like different identities in south africa and we do too in in the united states but it's like it's a little different especially the word colored right that word is like heavy 
So the first time I went, it was like I had all these feelings about who I saw working and who I did not, who I saw owned the businesses and who I did not. And uh, a lot of it was projection and how I responded to it. And then the second time I went, it was other turmoil for me that I was not able to actually be present. So this time I was actually present. And I think the thing that really stuck to me was just this idea of multiple truths being in the same space. We went to um, Freedom Park, and I'm I'm not going to say the guy's name because right now I'll just mess it up. But he was so good. Like he he started to tell us about the names that are on the walls because Freedom Park is like a two-part thing. Like you go inside and it tells the story of creation and like it tells the story about the land and how it was like taken and all the things, right? So it tells the truth that goes into apartheid and it also talks about resistance. And you go through this museum, it's very beautiful. And then you can walk up and there's like a list of names, a memorial of people who have um, died in wars, not just during the apartheid, like in, in all the wars that have happened on the land and all the conflicts. And, and it does, it's not just people who are from South Africa. It's all people who have died because of something that has happened on the land, right? And he was talking to us about it. And, like, basically he was trying to get us to understand, which I completely agree with, is that, like, this kind of space is there's no there's no, like, one method in which they decide who gets to be on the wall. That, like, there is some some vetting, like some guiding that, right? There is no people who, like, caused the harm, for the most part, were not on the wall, right? They're just not there because they're also trying to, like, honor the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a place where you, in a space where it could be where people come to to bring their own truths and to have that conversation, because that's what ultimately is what we need, is that we need a space where we can kind of all bring our truths to the table. doesn't mean we all agree, but we can learn from our past and be um, honest about our present so that our future can be better. Mm-hmm. The only way that happens is if we have a space where people can bring their full truths to the table, right? Yes. Yeah. Amen. So that was one of the things that... Mm, that's I a sermon. Thinking. Yeah, so... I'm going to have to go back to this recording for another day. <laughs> Hopefully it'll line up with some scripture reading that I'm still preaching. <laughs> it will. Uh, yeah, it, will. Okay. it does. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a lot. It was a really, it was one of those trips where, you know how if, if it's one of those places where like it goes by too quickly, you don't want to leave. Like it just takes forever. Or you go to a, a place and like you've you've done all the things you think you can at that moment. Are you ready to go home? So I was on that one. I was on that side. I was like, oh, I've done, I've, this is great. I'm ready to go back now, right? Which is a good feeling, I think. It's a good good place to be. So, yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Of course. <laughs> so I guess, you know, let's, let's talk about what we are going to talk about today. Yeah. So this episode we are calling It's a Love Thing. <laughs> it's a love it's thing. It's a love Because it is, though. It's, it's all love. It is. <laughs> yeah, so it's February, which is the month in which we have Valentine's Day. It's also Black History Month. 
365 days a year it it's is. It's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And we observe it in February. So I would just. That is <laughs> that's true. Why, that's that why we're having true. this conversation. But you're right. It is every, all, all the days mm-hmm. in which we honor that. Um, so we thought we would have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. And then next month we are going to share some stories of people who um, are going to talk about their love, specifically Black love, yeah, and what that looks like, whether that be black love for your like self love, mm-hmm. love within community, love um, within a relationship of all sorts, right? So we're trying to honor that, um, and that all of those will come out in March. But this is what we're having the conversation around. Yes, we want to set it up for you today. And also, um, as you listen to this conversation, please send us your thoughts and your question at Four Collar Girls, whether that's Instagram or Twitter. Just shout out to us and let us know what you think. I want to start off our conversation with a poem. Is that okay? Please. I feel like I've read this poem a lot, but maybe that's just because I know it so well. This is by Yusef Iman. So just wherever you are, I just invite you to listen. Brought here in slave ships, pitched overboard, love your enemy. Language taken away, culture taken away, love your enemy. Work from sunup to sundown, love your enemy. Last hired, first fired, love your enemy. Rape your mother, love your enemy. Lynch your father, love your enemy. Bomb your churches, love your enemy. Kill your children, Love your enemy, forced to fight his wars. Love your enemy, pay the highest rent. Love your enemy, sell you rotten food. Love your enemy, forced to live in the slums. Love your enemy, dilapidated schools. Love your enemy, puts you in jail. Love your enemy, bitten by dogs. Love your enemy, water hose you down. Love your enemy. Love, 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 love for everybody else. But when will we love ourselves? Love your enemy by Yusef Iman. And I wanted to start off with this just because a lot of what we kind of shared, what we experienced the first of the year, both in you in South Africa, me in Montgomery, Alabama, and this whole concept of love is a love thing. And specifically when we're talking about black love in the systems and white supremacy and racism that we deal with today, I truly feel like black love is a testament to a witness of what the world has always denied us. Mm. And so when we love ourselves, when we love each other, when we love our communities, we are truly practicing something that the world never thought that we were deserving of. And so I just wanted to uplift that poem today because yes, we've had a history of pain. We've had a history of resilience and resistance, but ultimately love has been the truth that we have told through our actions. Right. And love is something that we need to continue to tell. So yeah, I just wanted to start off with uh, that poem because I just thought it was so powerful just the way that 
Yusef kind of took us along this journey and then left us with the question of like, how do we love ourselves? Yeah. Like, and that is a first place to start. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I just want to take some time to be like, so how is that real? How do we love ourselves? Um, yeah. Well, you said a lot and I think that was enough. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's good, friend. Thank you for sharing that. That was really, really good. Of course. Yeah. So I'm wondering. So there's this there's this like. I see black love in the same way that you have said it. Right. It's like in some way it's like taking the power that has exists within us and like and exuding it in the way that we honor and love one another and and also going against the the narratives that speak um, to us that says like we are incapable of love or that like what we have to offer isn't, isn't good enough or even like human enough. Does that make sense? That's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I also think that black love also can and and does often um, mean that we can be human together. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that, like, people can't be human, but I don't know if we are often given spaces to be, like, full human beings, mm-hmm. um, to be ourselves, to be, like, all of who we are, without it having to also involve going against stereotypes or being labeled one way or another, whether it be our anger, whether it be just not always doing all the right things or making life choices that are not considered good, right? Um, Which happens in the human experience. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But there seems to be a a heavier weight on Black people to not do the things that will perpetuate stereotypes in order for us to be seen as honorable human beings or, like, worthy of love. And some might push back on that, but I really think that that's, that's true. I really do. Yeah. Like we talked about this with Nyla about like about women and how we are labeled. Right. And even in the moments where we might be highly sexual, if that's what we want to call it. I don't know. I think is a better word for it. There's just like a level of stereotypes that we cannot like live into. Otherwise, we're thought we're this, we're that. And like and I don't know if like. I don't want to say that, like, other groups don't have to deal with those kind of stereotypes, but I do think that it lies kind of heavily on Black women not to be a certain way. Otherwise, you are considered one thing or another. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, that has gone on for ages. Like, whether it be we were raped and had to have children for the slave owner or... Whether now, if we choose to have children and it happens that we have multiple partners and then what? Like, it's just like there's just levels to to the the lives that we live and like how we see each other and how we speak about each other and what that looks like, whether it's in love or not or whether we. Yeah. So I kind of that's that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think there. And knowing that, like, for Black people in the U.S., there has been a history of being an object for so long. Right. Yeah. That to be human 
specifically to be human through the lens of love, um, seeing each other in love, experiencing love, that it, it is truly a profound thing. Yeah. And you know, I like my quotes, so yes, I'm going to drop them real quick. Um, <laughs> Bell Hooks in her book, Salvation, Black People in Love, mm-hmm. she writes, until Black people and our allies in love and struggle become militant about how we are represented on television and movies and in books, we will not see the imaginative work that offers images of Black characters who love. If love is not present in our imaginations, it will not be there in our lives. Mm. And I just think that 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 is interesting because I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I did not have the Lupitas, the Queen and Slims, the these different images, blackish, these different images of um, love or even conversations about love. Um, I was not necessarily surrounded by them. Yeah. And and it's partially because where my parents chose to socialize us, which was in majority white communities. Right. And it wasn't until I grew older and I was like, ooh, love and basketball, brown sugar, all of these movies exist yeah. that really cultivated an imagination and a sense and gave a power to what black love can do. Right. But I am challenged by this question mm-hmm. because I'm wondering like, what images of healthy love does a media portray that has like truly impacted black communities or I mean not even speaking for the whole community because we don't represent the whole community right but like has it really impacted us and um yeah I just wonder um but I I will say that you know when I when I did see the color purple mm-hmm. Uh, and the relationship between the sisters right. that was like, oh, that type of depth, that sisterly love is possible both in biological relationships and like out like outside of that. Yeah, that's true. Like when we say love, we mean it in a broader sense. Right. Like it doesn't doesn't have to be romantic love or. Yeah. So I wonder. So I, I hear that. I think. I think that it is important that we have images and I think we do actually there are there are multiple movies out there and images of of like black love that we do have actually but I also wonder what it looks like to not have to be like have the imagery that like constantly shows us always in our good space in order for it to be an impactful thing and like talk about the human experience as a black person I just feel like it's either a caricature or it's like it's like uh, over romanticized. Like I'm into the in-between spaces. That's why I love on the OWN Network. (laughs) Um, If you don't got it, I can, you know. OWN Network has that Black Love special. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I... And there's like those different couples that talk through their shit. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, yes, I remember. But... Then we, if I go back to that quote of when Bell Hooks is like seeing love like cultivates your imagination right. in all aspects of love, right? Sure. The love where like you ain't do the dishes, and but I'm still gonna <laughs> love you. And is there love in that statement? There's sometimes <laughs> love in that statement. There's sometimes love in that statement. It's maybe accusatory, uh-huh. but it's behind there somewhere. Uh-huh. But I do love that. Um, that entire, uh, like, I don't know if it's season, episodes, just various different 
clips of different couples and not just heteronormative couples, but just like couples in every stage of life, young, old, newly married, um, uh, just coupled. And I appreciate those conversations that share both the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. Of but black love. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's truly you. Have you seen it? I haven't. Okay, I'll share. So, I'll yeah. share it with you. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I so right, that's a that's a good example mm-hmm. then. Um and I think some of the ones that you already like love and basketball is like my jam for real. I love that story. And love Jones too. Love Jones. Oh my gosh. I love that there's movie. always that one scene I could just never get past. Which I one? I don't remember because I fall asleep. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, friend. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So basically what you're saying is <laughs> You haven't seen the whole movie? I said? haven't. I've okay. <laughs> Don't hate me, y'all. You just get to a place where you're done. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But yeah. I think it's a great movie. <laughs> it's it's just me. Yeah, Everybody's no, different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are there are examples. And um, I know that there's, there's sometimes pushback. Like, why do you have to say black love why can't you just say love and wonka wonka well um, because you haven't been objectified for 200 years i mean yeah that's a good point um or maybe it's- <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. no but i'm serious no it's real no you're not wrong you're not wrong i agree with you i agree with you it's yeah and i i will say my heart warms whenever i see any kind of like beautiful example of love in all of its forms. Like mm. I love those like posts about dads who are like holding their kids or taking them to school or having small moments and or moms doing the same, like affirming their kids or having small moments or couples who are just having fun together and they like to post. And I think that's the beauty of social media in some ways is that we do have much more ways to see those examples of of love and black love in particular. Mm-hmm. And then Indiari, what was that song she Steady Love? Yeah. I don't know the word. It's okay. It's Sorry. a good song. Yeah, it's a great song. But like David there was Banner. like a there were some posts like in response to the song, people were <laughs> posting up their relationships, their weddings, their it was so cute. It was cute. The was hashtag steady love challenge. Yes. Mm. I love it. So mm. I love those kind of things. And mm-hmm. I think, and you know, that speaks to romantic love. But like in general, there are multiple ways that we love each other every day. Right? How do you love me, Tamika? Um, girl, I love you so much. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know no, what? I'm just serious. But like, no, you know, I am too. Yeah. No, but seriously. So I remember we had a, a slight conflict not too long ago. <laughs> but but our willingness to give each other the space we needed and then no but seriously and then be willing to to like be honest with each other when we needed to be that when when that happened I was like oh we do love it. We love each other a lot. <laughs> Cuz girl. Um <laughs> No, but really like I think I think with us like we every every year we get closer and like we find a I think when you have conflict and you can move through the conflict that shows a level of maturity and love um, in relationships. And that to me said a lot about our friendship, honestly. Yeah. And it comes back to what you were saying, the truth telling part. 
Right. Because I don't think you you can't love without truth. Is that I agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree one hundred percent. And so being in a space where you can be like, Hey friend, yeah, you know I love you. And also and this is the truth. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then right. being able to move through it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And feel what you're feeling and even have a moment where you might need a break or mm-hmm. space and then being willing to work through it, I think speaks to a level of love. And yeah. And I appreciate that because um, I'm going to be honest. I'm the type of person that, like, if it gets too hard, I'm like, well, maybe it's time for me to peace out. Because <laughs> it's hard. I don't, like, well, I can deal with conflict, but when it's a personal one where I'm very vulnerable, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. But that's not what happened. <laughs> And I'm the type of person uh-huh. that always sees the potential for yeah, goodness. Good. And I'm like, ooh, this yeah. is hard, but it's going to get good. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm the type of person that knows what a good wine is. You just have to have those berries fermented for days and right. years. Right. And then by the time you open that, pop that bottle, that's the best wine you've ever had. It's true. Because I just know the potential for greatness. Are you likening our relationship to good wine? It is. I love it. Yes. Thank you. It is. I agree. Good wine over time. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and I think that that's with a lot of things. Agreed. Um, and I won't say that sometimes hurt does exist in that. Right. And let me be honest with a little bit of truth telling mm-hmm. around my mother. You yeah. know, I really, I actually preached on this when I was in Birmingham about the the love that you see a potential for loving someone, especially like your mother, mm-hmm. even though my mom abandoned me when I was 13. Right. And um, have kind of journeyed through how do I love someone who's abandoned me and also does not want to have a relationship with me. And the struggle with that, um, but also knowing that, you know what, sometimes you can love people, Mm -hmm. love them from a distance in a way that allows you to um, let go of the power that someone may have over you because of the pain that they've caused. So I think that that has been a huge journey with me to see kind of how I can do that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, friend. You're welcome. It's truth. No, it is. But it's also you were very vulnerable. Thank you. So would you say then that love also is connected with forgiveness? Deeply. Yeah. Deeply. And we had that like whole episode about forgiveness. Yes, we had that whole episode about forgiveness. So <laughs> also help me preach on my sermon. Yeah. Yes, we just get sermons we, from this. We do. <laughs> it's helpful. It's good. This it's is how good. we can be pastors. It's yes. Great. It's great. Yeah. So that's, that, that's also a thing that I'm learning is my children teach me every day teach me too. They teach me every day what love looks like, even in the moments where it doesn't feel the greatest. And that's not to say that like my kids cause me much sorrow or pain. They really don't. They're like the greatest people. But there are moments where I'm like, whoo, y'all making it real hard today. (laughs) But I, I have learned that that true love in those in that sense is being honest with them. Yeah. So um, in the moments where I'm like, "Mm, 
this is not my favorite and how you guys are acting or or just being honest about where I'm at. And I've learned to do that with them. Like today I am in a really bad mood and I'm very sorry. It has nothing to do with you, actually. But my tolerance <laughs> is very low. So if you feel like you, <laughs> you're going to have arguments today, I might not take it so well. So just FYI. And I've learned to communicate where I'm at with them in a way that they can respond and also decide for themselves how they want to be in relationship with me. No, it's true, though, because sometimes I'm like, look, I'm not in a good space today. And they're like, OK, well, why don't you go take a nap and we'll go over here, right? They like, we'll keep our, our distance as well. Or they'll, I give them, like, in essence, they have a chance to console me, which is, I know, as a as a parent, it's it's kind of difficult sometimes to let your kids do that. But I've learned that that is also part of the love is to allow other people to love you back. And the way my kids do it is to check in with me, especially Orion. He's just he's very sensitive, so he can feel when I'm not good, and he'll like like rub my back and be like, "Okay, mom, I'm like you feel me feeling this?" He's like, "Yeah." It's okay. Like, we don't even need to exchange words, right? Yeah, so I'm learning that with my own kids, like, how to love a person. Mm. Yeah, in in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to sit with that because, like, the whole, that image of a mother-son relationship of being able to be in tune. Yeah. And give space to um, the way that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that is both something beautiful and healthy and to be cherished. Yeah. Um, Bell Hooks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Going back to Bell. Just, you know, she she drops a lot of gems. I know everyone has a different opinion, but in her book, Communion, The Female Search for Love, she says that love is a combination of care, commitment, knowledge, responsibility, respect, and trust. And so this whole understanding that like, in love, it is not just about romance, but it is a combination of responsibility, of respect, of commitment, of care and trust. It's so many things are included in doing love and being love and offering love to one another. Yeah. And uh, I think we just have to be aware of that both for ourselves in our communities and for the relationships that we cherish and are responsible for. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I would like to say before we end this, that that's what we're hoping to share next month is in the ways that people are, are sharing their love together in different aspects of that and or for themselves. Like there's something to say about self love when we have self-love for ourselves, like when we love ourselves, it does make it easier, not completely easy, but easier to love others because you are learning what love looks like within, right? You're not weighing love on someone else's ability to love you, right? So I'm looking forward to hearing those stories and sharing those with y'all. Me too. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to end with, that's our piece, right? That's our piece. All right. Cool. Well, we are very grateful that we have made it to episode five. Five. I, I feel like here is where we need like that, like hand clap. Um, 
the sounds of the hand claps. Woohoo! With that. <laughs> We made it. We made it. We're here saying that we're not we're not done yet, but like I am actually proud of us for continuing on, to be honest. Of course. I am. I really am. But we would not have been able to be here right. without a few people. Just a few. Just shout out to our Patreon supporters and the many ways that you give and continue to listen. All of our listeners out there, we give thanks for each of you. And to the number one, the best. Da 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 da. Oh, die productions! Because we really would productions. not. I just be wanted here. to add that like extra. Yeah, extra. please. Yeah, yeah. But for real though, God is gracious. To that us. is why we're at season five. <laughs> to be <Amen>. quite honest. <laughs> Oh, season five, episode True story. five. True story. So we give thanks. Yes. Thank we, you. We also want to thank our sister circle. Mm-hmm. Nyla and Jazz. Jazz, Hazel, Hazel. and Sierra. Uh-huh. Thank y'all. Uh, for your inspiration. And Tamika. And Laura. Thank you. And we also want to thank Shay McCoy for always helping us look so beautiful and wonderful. All the images, basically, of us are from Shay. Thank you, Shay. Which is great. Thank you. And I want to end with a little love. Because that's what we're talking about, right? It is. There's all this love in the air. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that I am and truly value our friendship, Laura, and I value the people who listen to us and that I hope that you receive and give love, not just this month, but like in your life, right? For 2020, let love exude all the things. Yes, Pastor. Thank you. Love you too. Love you. All right. Peace. We are For Kala Girls. girls.